Good morning, friends. Today is Tuesday, the 16th of November, 2021. Today we commemorate St. Margaret of Scotland. Our readings today are Psalms 97 and 99, 1 Maccabees 3, 25 through 41, Revelation 21, 1 through 8, and the Gospel of Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 21. Begin on page 78 of the Book of Common Prayer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my strength and my Redeemer. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours for you made it and your hands have molded the dry land. Come. Let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God, our maker, for you are our God and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. Oh, come, let us worship. Psalm 97. God is sovereign. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around God. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. Fire goes before God and consumes God's adversaries on every side. God's lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before God, before the God of all the earth. The heavens proclaim God's righteousness and all the peoples behold God's glory. All worshipers of images are put to shame. 
those who make their boast in worthless idols. All gods bow down before the one God. Zion hears and is glad, and the towns of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O God. For you, O God, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. God loves those who hate evil. God guards the lives of God's faithful. God rescues them from the hand of the wicked. Light dawns for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in God, O you righteous, and give thanks to God's holy name. Psalm 99. God is sovereign. Let the peoples tremble. God sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. God is great in Zion. God is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is the one, mighty sovereign, lover of justice. You have, you have established an ex Let's try that again. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Extol our God. Worship at God's footstool. Holy is God. Moses and Aaron were among God's priests. Samuel and Rebekah also were among those who called on God's name. They cried to God and God answered. God spoke to them in the pillar of cloud. They kept God's decrees and the statutes that God gave them. Oh, our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their wrongdoings. Extol our sovereign God and worship at God's holy mountain, for our God is holy. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. A reading from 1 Maccabees, chapter 3, verses 25 through 41. Then Judas and Judas's brothers began to be feared, and terror fell on the Gentiles all around them. Judas' fame reached the king, and the Gentiles talked of the battles of Judas. When King Antiochus heard these reports, he was greatly angered, and he sent and gathered all the forces of his kingdom, a very strong army. He opened his coffers and gave a year's pay to his forces and ordered them to be ready for any need. Then he saw that the money in the treasury was exhausted and that the revenues from the country were small because of the dissension and disaster that he had caused in the land by abolishing the laws that had existed from the earliest days. He feared that he might not have such funds as he had before for his expenses and for the gifts that he used to give more lavishly than preceding kings. He was greatly perplexed in mind. Then he determined to go to Persia and collect the revenues from those regions and raise a large fund. He left Lysias, a distinguished man of royal lineage, in charge of the king's affairs from the river Euphrates to the borders of Egypt. Lysias was also to take care of his son, Antiochus, until he returned. And he turned over to Lysias half of his forces and the elephants and gave him orders about all that he wanted done. 
As for the residents of Judea and Jerusalem, Lysias was to send a force against them to wipe out and destroy the strength of Israel and the remnant of Jerusalem. He was to banish the memory of them from the place, settle aliens in all their territory and distribute their land by lot. Then the king took the remaining half of his forces and left Antioch his capital in the 147th year. He crossed the Euphrates River and went through the upper provinces. Lysias chose Ptolemy, son of Doraemonus, and Nicanor and Georgias, able men among the friends of the king, and sent with them 40,000 infantry and 7,000 cavalry to go into the land of Judah and destroy it, as the king had commanded. So they set out with their entire force, and when they arrived, they encamped near Emmaus in the plain. When the traders of the region heard what was said to them, they took silver and gold in immense amounts and fetters and went to the camp to get the Israelites for slaves and forces from Syria and the land of the Philistines joined with them. Hear what the spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Article 16, the song of Zechariah. Blessed are you, O God, the God of Israel, You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our forebears, Abraham and Sarah, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before God to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. And the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high, shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. God will dwell with them. They will be God's peoples, and God himself will be with them. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, this one said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then this one said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. 
But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the polluted, the murderers, the fornicators, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle O, a song of the heavenly city. I saw no temple in the city, for its, it, for its temple is the God of surpassing strength in the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to light it, for the glory of God shines on it, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light the nations shall walk, and the rulers of the world lay their honor and glory there. Its gates shall never be shut by day, nor shall there be any night. Into it they will bring the honor and glory of nations. I saw the clean river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The tree of life spanned the river, giving fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healings, healing of nations. All curses cease where the throne of God and the Lamb stands, and all servants give worship there. There they will see God's face, whose name shall be on their foreheads. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 21. When they came to the crowd, a person came to Jesus, knelt before Jesus, and said, God, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Jesus answered, You faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you? How much, lo how much longer must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was cured instantly. Then the, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let us affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Creator Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Incarnate, our Savior, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Christ suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, descended to the dead, and on the third day rose again. Christ ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Creator. Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, 
and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Today we'll use the suffrages from Enriching Our Worship, Volume 1. They are found on page 42. Help us, O God our Savior. Deliver us and forgive us our sins. Look upon your congregation. Give to your people the blessing of peace. Declare your glory among the nations and your wonders among all peoples. Do not let the oppressed be shamed and turned away. Never forget the lives of your poor. Continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your favor to those who are true of heart. Satisfy us by your loving kindness in the morning. So shall we rejoice and be glad all the days of our life. collect for peace. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. And let us use, as we have them, the prayer attributed to St. Francis as our prayer for mission. It is found on page 833 of the Book of Common Prayer. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. A few thoughts on the readings this morning. I'd like to share something from my commentary with you. Um, I use the New Oxford Annotated Bible. It's a new revised standard version with the Apocrypha, (laughs) obviously, since we've read from the Apocrypha today. Um, It's an ecumenical study Bible. I use the fifth edition, which is the the current version. Um, And I really enjoy some of the historical context that it shares. So our Psalms today, Psalm 97 and 99, are part of a series of Psalms that are referred to as the enthronement Psalms. And I'll read to you what the um, commentary says. It's in the footnote for um, Psalm 93. Like Psalms 95 through 99, 
Psalm 93 hymns God as the sole ruler of the universe. Early Israel shared the ancient view that a deity became supreme by defeating chaos and creating a stable and fertile world. In hymns such as these, God defeats chaos and the victory brings an orderly world into being. It's possible that these psalms celebrating God's kingship were recited at a particular festival commemorating these events. And then particularly, um, our psalm, Psalm 97, is a hymn celebrating God who comes to rule the earth. Psalm 99 is the last of the enthronement hymns, and it celebrates the Lord's enthronement, acknowledgement of the nations, and gracious communication of God's decrees to Israel. So there's a lot of... Um, of language in here that, that talks about God ruling. This is sometimes problematic for me. Um, I know that it's a way in which writers of the Psalms communicated God as being the creator and sovereign over all, but the earthly imagery of rulership, I think, is what causes problems for me because it feels like it it also creates a gap between between us and, and God. And I know we could get into a whole discussion about Hebrew scripture and epistles and gospels and, you know, draw some dividing lines and perhaps get very binary about the position of God in, in relationship to humanity. Um, but I think, for me at least, the important message here to take is that God is greater. Um, the one who created everything is greater than, than anything that has come since before time. So if there's anything on this earth, if there's anything with us, there's any of God's creation that has become distorted or unloving, it is less powerful than God, God's self. What the words evoke, and I choose not to write on the walls of my heart, is that God is, is hierarchical. That's the piece that I think human language kind of inserts that is not part of the co-creative relationship that we share with God and that is our blessing to have. So um, that on the Psalms and then commentary that I found very interesting in our reading from first Maccabees was, you know, Judas um, has really caused the king to get very nervous. So the king is, is gathering everything up. And it says here, he feared that he might not have, I'm sorry, um, earlier than that, verse 29, he saw that the money in the treasury was exhausted and that the revenues from the country were small because of the dissension and disaster they had caused in the land by abolishing the laws that has, had existed from the earliest days. 
So the writer is very clearly making a connection here between King Antiochus not obeying the law and um, abolishing it for his own purposes and then the loss of his funds. The commentary says on this, Antiochus' shortage of cash was not caused, as the author likes to imagine, by abolishing the Jewish laws, but by spending lavishly elsewhere. And I think that the intent actually is the same, that we get kind of hung up on the detail there, um, which is funny because we're talking about laws, so maybe we get a little legalistic, but he spent his money elsewhere. So whether we're talking about money or any other resource, where we put our resources is where we are going to flourish, right? You know, this is kind of related to something I was reading in um, Untamed. I'm rereading Untamed because I'm doing this event on it this week and um, in the journals coming out. Um, if you don't know, it, it's a book by Glennon Doyle. And the piece I was reading was was really more focused on we need to focus on on raising our boys to be unbound by the ridiculous <laughs> gender roles of our society. You know, it's not just that we need to help girls break free. We need to help our boys break free too, because our patriarchal, um, gender biased, um, false dichotomy between the genders is just as harmful to boys as it is girls. Like that's the overall point. But one of, one of the kind of sub points that came up was investing energy in the home and not giving all of the energy to the outer world. And then um, home life only gets the leftovers. And while I, I differ from Glennon Doyle a little bit in how that's practiced, which is not a story I'm, I'm going to delve into at this time. Um, I don't think it's super helpful and we don't have a whole lot of time, but um, I do, I do think there's a really interesting point there and it's echoed here in, in the bit about the resources um, you know, and it's related to other pieces of scripture that talk about first fruits, right? So when we're budgeting, whether we're budgeting money or budgeting time or any other resource, where do we put it first and where do we put the bulk of it? Where do we invest? That's just a, a little something that I want us to think about today. What are we giving our first, most, and best to? And is there a way that we can reorder the investments of our lives, so to speak, in order to grow us toward God and to, toward the divine in us and in all creation. I guess that's what I'm putting to us today.
I guess that's enough for today. Um, I know I have left two of the readings untouched, um, but maybe it's part of my own acceptance that I am, I am not going to get to delve into everything in every day in our, in our time together, in our morning prayer time. But I am so thankful to you all for, for being here with me. And now is the time that we prayerfully and silently lift up, circle in love and hold in the light those whom the Spirit has placed upon our hearts for prayer. Closing with the prayer of St. Chrysostom. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of us. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. And a blessing from Enriching Our Worship, Volume 1, found on page 71. The wisdom of God, the love of God, and the grace of God strengthen you to be Christ's hands and heart in this world. In the name of the Holy Trinity. Amen.